Well, hello everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. And now I invite you into this sacred space where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. All right, let's get started. Today's podcast is titled Demolish, Repair, and Restore, A Season of Healing. So this is inspired by uh, some things that are happening in, in, in my life that actually have been going on now for almost 10 years. Um, and I hope this is the end of it, but I have to also say something. I said something to my team before I started recording. I'm traveling, which is, if you watch this on YouTube, you'll see I've blurred um, the background. And um, there are some children who have shown up in the room beside me. <laughs> it's like part of me wanted to not record, but this is an optimal time. I need to get this recording to my team. And I just thought, you know what? Sometimes we just have to go with life. I, I think it's hilarious how many times I've been interrupted by uh, dogs and lawnmowers. And now it's children in the room beside me. And I don't know if you remember uh, some of the podcasts that I've done in the past. There has been my old dog, my son's dog, Annie, who would be beside me and she would just cough and hack and cough and hack. And I haven't shared this in social media um, yet, but. Annie died um, in April and I've been processing her grief, my grief privately. Um, and I'm, I'll be ready to talk to it. That's, that, that's the way I choose to grieve. Um, but I think about how often her, she needed to be with me and love to be wherever I was in the house. And those are such minor inconveniences in the big book of life. Life should interrupt us. If we're doing it right, it's never going to be perfect. We should celebrate those surprises and the inconveniences because somewhere in there is a story. And somewhere in there is, I want to say, a hope that if we interrupt somebody in that way, that they would treat us the way I'm choosing to listen to these children. I think someone has come in and settled and they might've been left alone for a little bit, decided to party like rock stars. But anyway, that's, that's the reason why I'm, I'm decided to go ahead and uh, record. And if you hear them, that's, that's why um, Annie's now gone. And so those few moments that you would hear her coughing are now over. All right. So back to today's story. Um, like I said, this is a project that has been a part of my husband and my life for almost 10 years. In, and, it, and I could tell that as significant as it became um, these past few weeks, I knew a story was arising from it that I needed to share. So in 2013, my husband and I decided that it was time to remodel our 70s home. Uh, the, you know, they say the 70s called and wanted their uh, wallpaper back and the uh, kitchen style back. And even the appliances were that were pushing 25, 30 years old. And my goodness, they, they had been working until they didn't and knobs were falling off and heating elements weren't working. And it was time. It was, it was overdue to, to remodel and upgrade some things and, and modernize some things. Um, and the house, the home itself is 40, 40 years old. So we needed, it was time for us to make this space our own and, and claim it. So I spent a lot of time. I, love the designing part of it. And I had an idea of, since we had lived in it for so long, I had had an idea. We'd lived in it for almost 13 years. Um, 
I had an idea of what I wanted because I lived in, lived in. And I think a lot of times if we would ask women how they want things designed, you come up with something that looks much different than what a lot of the, uh, the, the home designs, especially around the kitchen look. And uh, so we had an architect who worked with us and made sure everything was sound and safe and it wasn't going to compromise the integrity of the, the structure of the home. And we were very excited to get this started. But in order to do this, it meant that we were going to have to completely move out of our living situation, living areas, our bedrooms and things like that to be able to do this. So obviously this was going to upend us. And when you look at things that like the biggest stressors in your life, moving, remodeling, grief, loss, divorce, job change, all of those are in the top. So we were living in the home, trying to live around this remodel, I don't recommend it. If you if you can do without it, I, I, I don't recommend it. But also what ended up happening is um, our excitement about this project soon turned into a lot of frustration and exhaustion because we had a contractor who, looking back, was not qualified to do the job that he what that he was hired to do. And we also uh, there were questionable motives around some of the decisions he made specifically when I was away from the home and and then arbitrarily making changes to the to the design to to fit more of what was convenient for him or more into what he was qualified to do so this went on for a long time and I swore after that was done it, it went a lot longer than what it needed to. And I swore that after that was done, I would never do it again. And what do they say about never saying never? Or as I write in the blog, I say, you want to make God laugh, just uh, tell him, quote him, your plans. That's the quote. But obviously I no longer refer to God in the masculine, but that is the quote. And I think that is very, that very uh, appropriate here because here we are in 2022 and that's exactly what we're doing because there were elements of the home that were left undone or not done well from the first contract experience in 2013. And we've just been, we've just been willing to live with it and be like, okay, yep, there's another one of those mistakes. And we just try to do our best to hide it, put rugs over it, or just deal with it. And, you know, we've often had people ask us, why is that like, yeah, well, we had a bad contractor and this is, this is what happens when you don't, when you don't have a good contractor. Well, what's led to this round of remodeling, besides the fact that it was time to, to address those flaws that from the first remodel was the fact that um, another round of water started to impede our basement. And our basement is part of the finished part is part of our living area. Our family uses it all the time and water started to um, literally come into the sides and we didn't realize how bad it was until we started to actually do the demolition, which happened this, which happened this week. And so here we are again, right back where we were in 2013. And part of me, uh, we have a very, first of all, we have a very good contractor who we checked a lot of references before we went forward with this person. And that number one is a good experience, but that the demolishing of the home, having to move out of there is really what triggered me back to 2013 and thinking about where I was in my life and how the, the, the demolishing of our home to, to bring it up to code 
for that time after, you know, a house that was built in the seventies has a different code now than it does in this time. And the symbol, the symbolism of, of demolishing or deconstructing your life, which I was very much going through the first phases of my deconstruction during that first remodeling in 2013. At the time, I was attending a Bible-based college. So I was still looking for these answers. I had left church, but I was still looking for these answers inside Christianity because that's all I knew. And I thought I didn't realize that my deconstruction was going to take me beyond that. But after a year of being uh, at this Bible-based college, I realized I was being called beyond my Christian understanding. But it I don't, I'm not, I'm not ungrateful for that experience because it affirmed to me that I was not going to find the answers. I knew how to find relevancy inside scripture. I knew how to apply life's questions from and find those answers inside scripture. But what I wasn't able to do is that didn't satisfy the answers. So I just, I just knew that something else or or satisfy the questions because I knew that there was something else out there that was bigger than what I was finding in the context of the Christian structure and how that Christian structure mandated how you interpreted scripture. So there was a parallel that now I can look back and see this parallel of this demolishing of the home while I'm demolishing my faith that I hadn't seen, but it all came together as once again, I'm getting the home ready to be demolished to figure out the source of this water and then also take care of the mistakes from, uh, from 2013. But when I look back at that story and I almost didn't tell this, I don't tell it in the blog. I'm only telling it here on this video or the podcast is, um, which also we upload a video portion of this, um, on YouTube, but at the time I had no idea how much I was indoctrinated into patriarchy and how much I had internalized it. So let's talk a minute about internalized patriarchy or misogyny. That is where you are, you have been indoctrinated so deeply into a system that you, you believe it as if it's your truth. So a a woman, for an example, a woman can say, Uh, Well, my church says that they will not ordain pastors, but I think that that's just malarkey. That's bull. And I, I don't agree with it, but I still stay with my church because that's a spiritual community. That's my spiritual community. So in other words, she has rejected, she's not internalizing that part of her belief system, but another woman might be, and I hear this quite often because I had, I believed for the longest time that I couldn't be a pastor because that's what my denomination told me I couldn't be until I rejected it and moved on to another denomination. But um, I have women all the time who will come up and say, under whose male authority are you preaching? So even, and you'll see that even in churches that consider themselves modern, that a woman is allowed to preach as long as they're a, as they're a male headship. So they're not as modern as what you like to think they are. They're not going to ordain a woman to lead a church outside of a male authority. So this whole modern thing is, you know, you, you need to be asking a lot of questions about your church and a lot of people aren't. So that's internalized misogyny. The women who believe that women can't be something because they've been taught inside this patriarchal belief system that they can't. Oh, they're right at the door. Do you hear them? I hope you hear them. 
they're little and they won't be long. I hope you got the chance to hear that. So as I said, I, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to tell this story, but it's part of who I was at the time. But our contractor was very much entrenched into patriarchal religious uh, beliefs and would be very uh, disrespectful to women. I had talked to a couple of subcontractors who told me that they would no longer work with him because of how he um, would speak to them. And sometimes if I pushed back on him, he would get very, he would get very demeaning and condescending to me. Well, get this. One of the projects that we were doing was uh, the original house had the washer and dryer up against the window. So like you could only see like six inches out of the window and, and, the, and the windows overlooked our gardens and our pond. So you could literally look out and see the birds and see the, see the pond and see the fish, but you had to move the washer and dryer, you know, it, at the time, I guess that's where the water outlets were, but with, there was this water source in several places in the room. So let's just move them to the other side of the room. Well, when the washer and dryer got moved to the other side of the room to open up the windows, I went to use my washer Again, like I said, I'm embarrassed to tell this story. Um, I went to use my washer and the, wa the hot water was cold and the cold water was hot. I just went out to the contractor and I said, hey, this is backwards. And he, he looked at me and he said, Carla, your washer's always been broken. It's always been that way. I went, no, it, no it's not. I've lived in this house for 13 years. It's, it's not. He got in my face. And he said, it has always been that way. Your house is broken. Your, your water fixtures are broken. And he, his face got red, his neck disappeared. His lips were trembling. He was angry that I was calling him out about mixing up my hot and cold water. And guess what Carla did? She said nothing. Because in my indoctrination, when a man speaks at that level to you, you acquiesce. And because of that religious affiliation that we had, I knew he was using that as a position of authority. And I, it didn't matter that I was right. It didn't matter at all. I was just going to take care of it later on when the remodeling, this was one of many that I begin to think I was like hostage in my home because this was an example of how this man was treating me based on his belief that no woman had the right to, to talk to him or challenge him. He had the right to make ultimate authority no matter what. So I went on to just do my laundry by turning the cold water on, turning it to cold if I wanted hot water and hot water if I wanted cold. And I just left it. And I thought someday when he's gone, I'll, I'll get it fixed. I'm just not going to mess with it. I just need to get on with my life. Until when I'm, uh, my stepdaughter came over to take care of the dogs for me one day when I was going out of town and I was showing her everything that needed to be done. And I said, oh yeah, by the way, the hot is cold, the cold is hot. And she's like, Carla, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things and they, they're not going to fix it. And she's like, that's never been that way. And I said, yeah, I know, but he says it, it, it is. And she was livid, livid. And this was, and then all of a sudden it hit me to see it through her eyes that I had allowed this this egregious behavior really and something so simple that could have been changed she marched out of that laundry room and she went to the plumber just happened to be there and he said you need to get in here and fix this you know you messed up fix it within 20 minutes 
it was fixed. But that is a story for all of us to understand that inside of us, especially if you're deconstructing, how important it is to see where those elements of indoctrination are still hiding inside you because they can, they can, they can crop up really easily. That's why it's so important when people tell me that they've left church, but they ha- they're fine. They don't have to do any work. Well, I can tell they're angry. I can tell they're bitter. I can tell that they rage against people who still are looking for uh, spiritual connection or work for the good of the whole. Instead, they just want to rant. And okay, if that's you, but are you really happy if you're holding on to that much anger that that is how you are showing up in the world and who exactly is it serving? Because really what's happening is you're staying hostage in that place where the harm was caused. In other words, they still have control over you. You haven't moved beyond it. So for me, looking at those situations uh, and seeing myself where I was responding from indoctrination versus times later where a situation happened where he was trying to convince me about just simple tile project in the shower couldn't be done. And I knew I had seen it all over Pinterest. I knew I'd seen it everywhere. And when he talked to me so rudely, I said, we're done here. And you could not see someone backpedal any quicker than he did. And he was like, no, no, we'll fix it. And I said, no, we are done here. And we literally just stopped the project at that point. Um, and we brought in another contractor just to finish the bathroom. And like I said, we left everything as it is until now where uh, I'm choosing to see this as, as something exciting because we are really finally going to get the home that we deserve, that we paid for. And um, and I'm, I'm excited about that. I choose to live in gratitude about this because it's going to be safe. They're finding the water. They're getting rid of the mold. And, and, and in order to do that, we had to get through the stuff that reminded us of a time that did not serve our highest good, where we were not held ethically by someone who would have taken care of us. So this demolishing is giving us a chance to do away with once and for all those elements of that experience and also bring our home to a safe and sacred space. Now, why is this important? Because as I started to do this once again, I had, I'm I'm clearing out a new area where 25 plus years of, of marriage and children and grandchildren, all the things that have happened, all the pets, I can't even count the number of pets that have come and gone through our house, I'm going through these, these keepsakes, I'm donating things, I'm trashing things. And of course, I end up with this huge just in case pile that in case we need this stuff again, that goes into storage while this is is happening. But the timing of it is just like a part of me is like, wow, this, this, the way this all happened, that the contractor could come and demolish the water remediation could happen, but I'm like, I am so busy. How am I going to find the time to do all this? Because I thought, man, I've just been doing nothing but planning all these writing projects and these workshops and all these time sensitive things that I have to do. And I've spent hours 
time planning for the first time, like really time mapping. I don't know if you've ever done that before, where you look at your entirety of your life and you say, all right, yeah, each day I can do X number of hours of writing and I can do X number of hours with my team. And I do out of, the, I do all of that and think I've really got it under control to literally walk out of the office and look down over the stairs and see that that water can no longer be ignored. And I knew that everything I had just planned, everything that I thought my life was going to be just got put on hold because inside this controlled element of where I thought I was going was my life asking me to finally pay attention to something that can no longer be ignored. That for 10 years, we had been living with compromising ourselves to live with this, but that's kind of what the way life is, isn't it? We have these wonderful plans and then life gets in the way of those plans. And then we have to sit and look in the mirror to say, well, wait, where did we ignore the places that needed attention? Maybe we could just wait a little longer. So even though we might think of things being an inconvenience and maybe they're just like, oh, this timing could be worse, but what would have happened if we had taken care of this sooner? What would have happened if we had tried to make that a priority instead of insisting that these things that I'm going to take care of, this bucket that I have, and somehow my life out here is just going to have to acquiesce to it while I hold on to this time map, which by the way, I haven't even looked at that time map. This has been projects have been going on now for about six weeks to get ready for this remodel, the demolishing part first. And I just think that how many times I thought I could just wait one more day, one more week. All right, we'll get to that. I can see that there's some water trickling in, or maybe it's a little moist along the edges, but it, maybe it's not that bad. Well, it turns out it's really bad. The slow stream uh, turned out to be a lot of water in that basement. And I'm so grateful that we now are taking care of it because what ended up happening is as that stream got larger, that problem told us you cannot ignore me any longer. Don't ignore me any longer. And we do that with our health. We do that with our most important relationships. We do that with our, even our work. We think that we, we, we know what we need to take care of and we ignore all these other things. We just put blinders on and keep plunging forward. When in reality, in order to get to where we're going, we've got to demolish sometimes. We've got to deconstruct. What would have happened if I tried to be here in this space with you, but I had brought with me that energy of a person who could acquiesce to a man who insists that my washer was broken? What if I brought that energy here? Well, I could tell you, um, I almost did, because when I first started teaching online, I had a ton of men attack me and I would spend hours writing responses to them hours and they would demand that I immediately respond back and I would feel the pressure if I hadn't and then I took a step back and went wait a minute I am no longer accountable to them they have no power over me I will decide who I'm speaking to and I will use my voice to elevate the human condition and help those who are on a similar journey who want to deconstruct from the very harm that these men are trying to cause me because I am a threat to them 
if I think they are, they are afraid of my voice outside of their control. And that tells me all I need to know is that my voice needs to be heard in this space outside of their power, demolish, repair, and restore. If we understand that the cracks that we're ignoring are actually the very place where we need to be spending our time, because if we shore those up, the foundation upon which we stand will ensure that we will never fall prey to those who wish to silence us or oppress us, those who wish to control us, the cracks have to be repaired. So now I hope to look at this and say, I'm just going to laugh along with God. I'm just going to laugh because I can see now the arrogance and the ignorance in my assumptions that I refuse to see the truth here. The truth was those cracks were leading to chaos. They were leading to chaos in my home, which in turn led into my life, which in turn lets me see the places in my own healing where I still need to do the work. It's people who often talk about deconstructing or healing from trauma, you want to, or grief even, you think you want to just go, all right, boom, it's done. Whoo, I'm so glad I got through that. Let me get on with my life. It doesn't work that way. We're never, if we're breathing, then we should never want to stop improving. But that means pausing every once in a while and taking inventory of what we need to do, who is in our corner, get out the people who don't belong there, especially are we in the company of people who want to control us? Are we in the company of people who are corrupt? We don't need to be, have people in our lives who want to use us or manipulate us. I don't care if they're politicians or contractors or churchgoers. I mean, some of the most corrupt people I've ever met in my life carry the name of Christians. That's hard for people to digest, but I saw it. I witnessed it firsthand. So it is us who have to take the power back. We step out of those, but they're not going to change. If they are, it's going to be from, from within the same things that changed us. Some, something happened in our lives or something so powerful that we became aware of when, when that universal divine mystery said, turn away from this. And we did, and we honored it. That's what's going to change them. We're not going to, we're not going to change them by acquiescing to them. No, we're just feeding their egos. So if we continue, and if I may be so candid, if we're stupid enough to believe that they're going to change and we'll be okay, we're the ones that's going to continue to lose. So these past few weeks, if I have not been as um, available, maybe as I'm dealing with grief and I've been dealing with the demolishing of what was broken because I need to repair the foundation emotionally and ensure in my home that this is going to be, that things are going to be strengthened, that we're not going to allow people in who compromise our safety and our health and our well being and our finances, that we're being respectfully and lovingly guided by people in our spiritual world, but also in our home, as we trust these people to come in and do what's right. We know we just have top of the line contractors with the utmost integrity taking care of us now and restore our home to make it safe and sacred space for all. Just as I'm looking at the places that said, I've got this time map figured out life, get out of my way. Cause I know what I'm doing. Is that truly what it's about? No. 
So we, we have to be able to look at situations and see where the brokenness lives, see what needs to be repaired and how it needs to be restored. And if you don't think that my story doesn't have anything to do with America, then you're not paying attention because that's exactly where we are right now. We are in a place in our country where the system is broken. That might be a scary thought for you to think that we need to demolish the system. No one's coming in to save us. This system has helped get us to where we are. Yes, we have to vote for politicians who are going to turn away from these extreme, extremist Christians. Of course, we have to vote for them, but they ultimately are a part of the very system with lobbyists and political operatives in their pockets who they are obligated to answer to before they answer to the American people. The system is broken. So even after, and this is going to take years, friends, even after the threat of extremist Christianity, who wants to turn us into a one religion nation, once that is through, it doesn't go back to the same. Demolish, repair, restore says we are looking for a different way. And we, the people, never fall asleep again and think that politicians have our back, that they'll do the right thing. This was 13 years for me where I finally faced that a person with less, lesser integrity harmed us. But the civil rights movement is what happened in the 60s, that everything is being undone now. And we think it's just happening now, but it's been happening over those 50 years. They started immediately trying to put in a plan that said, we'll figure out a way to demolish all those civil rights. But if we believe that human rights takes precedence over religious beliefs, then it is we who have to carve out the corruption to ensure that this is a nation for equal rights and equal opportunity and social justice for all. That's what we continually come back to. That's what the majority of Americans want. They have the power, but they are not the majority. Extremist Christians have the power because that's been part of their oper operation, operational plan for years but we will get back the power unless you want to acquiesce and be silenced to a manipulative, corrupt system that will turn us into a fascist nation. Demolish, repair, restore. We must commit to staying awake and using our voice. Don't ever go back to sleep. This is our time. Our time such as this, every generation has a time where we have to be awake. We have to do the work. We can't just turn off the news and say, it's oh, it's too stressful. Or like I did, just put a rug over the mistakes. It doesn't work that way. Our children depend on it. Our grandchildren depend on it. Demolish, repair, restore. Yes, this story was about America. Blessed be. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you. I pray you rece receive something I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now, beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. I hope you enjoyed the children. They're gone now. Sounds like they're quiet. Blessings on your week and I'll see you soon.
Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. As always, follow at Rev Carla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now.